0: Welcome today to our midweek Bible study called Morning Glory. Let's take our Bibles and jump today to the Book of Acts, chapter four, and look at a fascinating event in the life of Peter and John, and some amazing things that unfolded. Praise God! We're going to talk about this today. Praise the Lord! Let's open up in prayer. Heavenly Father, we ask that as we go into Your Word that Your Holy Spirit would illuminate our understanding so that we can understand the Scriptures. And apply them to our lives. Now, Father, we thank You that this is our daily bread. We thank You that Your Word will feed our spirit and will cause strong faith to rise up in us. Now, Father, we give You the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. We all agree and say, Amen. Acts chapter 4, Peter and John are just coming off the mighty miracle that took place when Peter prayed and spoke over the lame man who had been lame since uh, the day he was born. And now he's in his 40s. And this is an incredible miracle. It's a healing miracle. It's caught the attention of many, many people. And the news has just gone like wildfire throughout the city of Jerusalem. And uh, there are those who are rejoicing over the great miracle, but there are those who are amongst the religious leaders and they're not happy at all about this. It just brings up uh, you know the name of Jesus again, the events of the cross, the crucifixion and all of that to them as they're carrying that, that guilt and that shame associated with that. And so um, there's going to be somewhat of a clash here and we need to understand what took place and so that we can walk in the anointing of the apostles to also answer wisely and boldly Acts chapter 4 verse 1 Now as they spoke to the people the priest the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them And this would be of course the apostles teaching and and so the religious leaders They swarm in there, and they they grab the men. Okay, verse 2, being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. However, many of those who heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to be about 5,000. So there needs to be a hearing of the word. Uh, If you don't hear the word, you don't know what to believe in. Praise God. So we need to be people that are just constantly ministering the Word, taking God's Word to a sick, lost, dying world, and the only cure for their condition is salvation and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, verse 5, And it came to pass on the next day that their rulers, elders, and scribes, as well as Annas the high priest, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, and as many as were of the family of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. Wow, this is is like the top tier, the upper echelon of all the religious leaders. They're all there, all in one spot. Verse 7, And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? In other words, by what power or by what name have you done this? This referring to the act of the miracle healing of the lame crippled man who now is actually standing there along with them. And he's standing there, and everybody knew who he was because he was laid there every every day, and people could see him and stuff like that. They, you know, walked past him on the way to the temple. Wow, this is fascinating. Verse 8, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel. So he respectfully, Spirit-filled with the wisdom of God, goes into a, a statement that is so loaded with the wisdom and the power of God that it really stunned the religious leaders. But notice this it says, Then Peter, now I like it that he's the one that spoke up. He speaks out and says that it says that he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Wow, don't ever miss that. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. When you are filled with the Spirit, Really, you're walking in unlimited possibilities because you're you're full of God. And so we want to be filled with the Holy Spirit just like Peter was. Now we're going to come back to that in just a moment. Verse 9. This is what Peter said. Rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed, Done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all, and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him, this man stands here before you whole. Wow. Think about how he launches into this answer, as he stands in a very hostile environment, speaking to a very intimidating group of people that uh, you know you know when you're in front of people like that you can feel the anger you can feel the venom and they're there and you know it's like being in a courtroom and maybe they've got all the high-powered attorneys and you're over here and you have to speak on your own behalf maybe you have nobody in your court at all well that's what's going on with Peter and John but what the religious leaders don't understand is that the holy spirit is in their court and with you and god you actually have a majority and whatever that strength is that you need god can supply it even if it's if it's moral strength mental strength spiritual strength or even physical strength where you're outnumbered like samson was if God is with you, God's got more than enough. So uh, you and the Lord, you you have the majority, you have the strength, as long as God is on your side. And He certainly is here. Now, He says, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, in other words, hey, the only reason we're standing before you is because rumors and word and truth has spread that a man who's been lame from birth now over 40 years of age, has been miraculously healed. And so we're really here because we've done a good deed for a helpless person. Ah, but we all know that's not really why, why, the reason why we're here. The reason why we're here is because we did it in the name of Jesus. And so, verse 11, Peter even quotes Scripture. He says, This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. And of course, he's referencing Psalm 118, verse 12. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. I mean, he just lays it all out there. And uh I really like that in the in a day and in an era well where it seems like a lot of secular talk shows they want to interview ministers sometimes, and maybe these are you know very famous talk shows, and so they get a minister on there, and with all the cameras and all the limelight, it seems like a lot of the ministers they just i don't know it's like they just wimp out they uh they lose all of their boldness. And they go in there, thinking maybe this is like a celebrity event where like we 're going to be celebrated as if the world were ever going to celebrate a true man or woman of God, and they go in there and, and, and you know the the interview usually comes out as just being so lame, so watered down, so uh, like apologetic of the true gospel message that. You know, it's just, it's sad. And uh, God doesn't want it to be like that. What's going on? Somebody's not filled with the Spirit, and somebody has gotten maybe a big head, maybe somebody's got an ego, and now now that they got this world fame and all this, now they got to protect this, and you know, we don't, we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. We, in other words, we don't want to tell the truth. Well, you should tell the truth, because people that don't know the Lord, and you have an opportunity to speak to them, and they're listening, you need to tell them that without Christ, they're lost in their sins. But a lot of times these preachers, they get on there, on these different talk shows, and they just totally compromise and cave in to the, the pressure. And I understand what that's like, and that's what the Apostles are facing here. These men want to back them down. They want to back them off of this strong stance in the Lord, and they are actually stunned that not only are they not backing down, they're bold. Peter and John, I mean, these guys are, I mean, they're loaded with power, and this is not what they're expecting. So this is, this is not what they were anticipating, Look at verse 13. This is an incredible scripture. Now when they, they being the religious leaders with all of their teaching and education and memorization of scripture from childhood, knowing the law, knowing the Word of God like the back of their hand, or even better, uh, they come up against Peter and John and they're just amazed at what's going on here. And remember whose court they're in. Peter and John are in a hostile court. It's like In sports if you are on the opposing team's turf it's a lot harder to win it's much easier to win when you're on your own home ground and you've got your you've got your your fans and your support and they can they can help create an atmosphere that favors you but when you're in a very hostile environment it's very difficult to function and uh, you have to be very focused so it says that when they saw the boldness of Peter and John I mean they could see boldness wow how do you have that You have to be totally sold out you have to be sold out to the point where you're not willing to compromise uh, even if you lose everything house family friends cars job your life you just have to be willing to lay it all on the line and say well hey if you know I'm just going to tell it like it is and if you don't like it but by the way they're not going to like it the religious leaders are never going to accept this and uh, so but you know what you might as well just go for it if you really belong to the Lord just go for it. And, uh, and that's what he did, unashamedly. But see, even, even later, when the Apostle Paul comes on the scene, and he gets into all the persecution that's, that's coming against him, he wrote a letter to one of the churches, and he said, pray that God would give me boldness. Why? Because that's what the enemy wants to take away. He wants to really muzzle the prophets and the, the apostles and just get them where they can't, they can't have their, their edge or their bite and just get them to where they're just kind of like, you know, like just kind of like neutered uh, voice that has no authority, has no boldness. And uh, uh, this, is, this is something you need to ask God for, for boldness. And they had it. And it all circulates back to being what? To being filled with the Holy Spirit. Woo! Glory to God. You're not going to get very far in life concerning God's plan for your life if you're not filled with the Spirit. I'm not just talking about having the Holy Spirit. Any and every believer has the Holy Spirit dwelling on the inside of them. But the infilling, the baptism of the Spirit is a completely different experience uh, apart from salvation. And that is clearly seen, particularly in the book of Acts. Now, when they had saw, excuse me, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled. I mean, <laughs> they did. They were just like, wow. I mean, You know, the first thing they, they probably realized is we can't intimidate them. And the moment you have that boldness, and people realize they can't push you around like that, uh, something already begins to change in the atmosphere, okay. So that, that, that already is like, uh, you look, look, you're not going to bully me around. I don't care if you're bigger, badder, stronger, or something like that. No, I've got the Lord with me, and uh, there's something going on here that maybe you can't quite figure it out, but, it's, it, but God's with me, and I'm, I'm not backing up. And it's tremendous boldness. And also, when uh, they realize that they are able to talk like this, I mean, Peter is up there talking uh, with no, what we would say, preacher training or anything like that, and he's holding his own. I mean, he's quoting Scripture and everything. This is absolutely amazing. I love it. It says, they marveled, and they realized that they had been with Jesus. Oh, so what was on Jesus rubbed off on those guys? Absolutely. Impartation, transference of anointing, and also just picking up the way He would do it, and the way that He would function, and just emulating that, emulating that, and receiving impartation from just being around them all the time. Teaching, and uh, I tell you what, what was on the Lord came on them. So now you don't just have one man teaching, now you've got twelve. And you know the religious leaders are just like, what are we going to do? And uh, but you know they, it said they marveled, and I believe that when the Holy Spirit is strong in you, that there is something about it that would even uh, take you to a higher level than even what a really good education can do, way way beyond that even. But this is something, my friends, that we need to understand. It says uh, that they were untrained men, uneducated, uh, so you know, not really. You know what we would call you know college graduate material or also they did they didn't go to uh, you know the ministry schools the rabbinical schools of the day and so forth but they'd been around Jesus and the next thing you know after the uh, Acts chapter 2 the baptism in the Holy Spirit the church being born now Peter's up there preaching like a man on fire like a wild what we would call Pentecostal preacher and he's quoting scripture all he's doing all this stuff under the anointing. And, uh, you know, the religious leaders were just like, (laughs) wow, whoa, this is crazy, you know, like, you know, obviously they didn't go to any of our schools, but, you know, they got it. So I think it's fascinating. You know, I was raised in a denominational type church. It it wouldn't be what I would call mainline denominational as far as like some of the big mainline churches, but it was still, you know, a well-known denominational church, and uh you know, it, it was a very legalistic type church. I mean, I'm thankful for it because I got saved and l- led to the Lord. When I was a senior in high school, I gave my life to the Lord, and the Lord saved me. And so I'm always thankful for those ministers that preach the Word, even though they did preach it a little bit rough sometimes. Maybe I needed that praise the Lord. but I, I did receive Christ as my Lord and Savior. But th- then I went on to college and uh, went to a certain college for four years then transferred to another college after that and at that other particular college I became the the campus youth leader. And as, as the youth leader, uh, you know I was involved a lot. I was there for about a year and a half, and I was really involved in all of the college campus uh, activities there, because it was under the umbrella of a very large church, one of our denominational churches right down the street. And so we had our own dedicated campus facility, and there was a campus pastor that was over it. And of course I'm underneath him. And you know, our, our denomination believes in no more miracles uh, you know no more joy (laughs) it was just like grind through life grind through your Christian life one day when you die you'll go to heaven and then you can finally have fun so I mean that wasn't like expressed doctrinally on paper but that's kind of how it all played out in real life so I remember that about this time in my life I started listening to A local Christian radio station and every day on the radio would be this uh, crazy preacher called R.W. Shambok. and he was just like a shouting anointed preaching uh, preacher and you you would hear him and you're just like wow you know because I came out of such dry background spiritually where you know I never heard a preacher shout unless maybe he was angry or something like that but this man was shouting and preaching it was an anointed and I was drawn to it like, like a magnet, and I thought it was amazing. And then at that same time, you know, some of the early Christian networks were getting really good traction, and they were really growing fast, like TBN, Trinity Broadcast Network. So I would start watching TBN, and I would see these other Pentecostal preachers, and I'm just like, wow, uh, the, what is this that they have? I couldn't understand it, why I was so drawn to it. Now I know what it is. It was called the anointing. It's, it's the power of the Spirit on a man or woman that captivates you and captures you. And so, um, you know, I, I was just drawn to all of this. Well, the, particularly the more I kept listening to R.W. Shambach, I kept picking up things. It's, it's just like, you know, the apostles, they were around Jesus. What was on Jesus? The Holy Spirit got on them. That anointing got on them. Well, I kept listening to this man, and I, uh, it just started, Holy Spirit started getting on me. And sure enough, because I began to visit a small charismatic type church, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit one day when the pastor laid hands on me. The next thing I knew I'm speaking in tongues and but th- this is all going on while I'm still trying to hold my stuff down my responsibilities down over at the denominational campus youth center and so you of course this denomination I belong to didn't know I was sneaking over to the charismatic church they would have really said oh no don't do that that's all of the devil but they didn't know I was doing that but nevertheless you know I'm, I'm still going back over here and you know <laughs> The campus pastor there—he was nice, but he was just—he never, he never really kind of—he and I never really connected. Uh, I don't know why. I think maybe he just. Um... I don't, I don't even know if he was even called into the ministry looking back on it uh, I think he maybe should have just been like a philosopher not a preacher because he uh, <laughs> I never heard him once preach and his teaching he never even really used a Bible it, just, it was just philosophy and uh, it certainly didn't help any of us get free or anything like that so um, bless his heart you know he did the best he could but I remember coming in one day after i had been filled with the Holy Spirit didn't tell anybody what happened to me but but still listening to these Pentecostal preachers and I came in one day and he and I, you know, kind of just started a conversation and he said something, you know, about, you know, how boring sometimes going to the main service is, you know, where the pastor preached or something like that. And I just just something came out of my mouth by the Holy Spirit. So, yeah, I can't remember what it was actually. It was something to do with about you can not you can't put the new wine into the old wine skins and, you know, the the oil of the spirit, the anointing of the spirit, you can't you what you can't hold it out uh, all the old wine skins and he just stopped. And looked at me. Now he had he had all the you know the degrees. He graduated from the seminary. Then and so he had a, like a bachelor. Then he had a master's, and so he's got all the uh, credentials. And he stopped and he looked at me, and he said, "Stephen, he said, where are you learning to talk like this?" I said, "What are you talking about?" He said, "You used to never talk like this." And uh, I, I would just talk like any other young college student, you know, just you know, hey, where's the pizza at? You know, <laughs> you know, hey, turn on the TV. You know, stuff like. That. <laughs> we had the big, big television. People couldn't wait for the uh, you know service to be over so we can go watch TV, uh, you know, stuff like that. But he was just like, he said, you, you, "You're talking different." Uh, he said, where, "Where? He said, 'Where did you learn to talk like that?'" In other words, he's basically saying you're, you're talking like a man of God. You're talking like a minister. And, um, I didn't really know how to answer him because uh, I didn't really notice it. I guess it's like strength training—you're getting stronger and stronger. But because the changes maybe are slow, you look in the mirror, you don't see any changes. But if somebody sees you uh, and they haven't seen you for four or five months, you've been working out real hard. They suddenly see you, they're like, "Hey, what's going on?" You think, "Well, nothing's going on, but it's just you're just working out." Well, that's what kind of happened spiritually, and it, it just began to show more and more with the way I would talk. I'd begin to notice things spiritually, begin to z- discern things. And so uh, it, it began to change all the, the uh, dynamics. And I really, I really realized I had to move on. And when I moved on, oh, trust me, there was persecution, family and friends, and they just, they thought, oh, you're going amongst the Pentecostals, you've lost your mind. Ooh, and, you know and uh, they really let me have it and, and quite a few people told me hey if you do that then we have to end the friendship we have to end the relationship that all that ran through the family too, ran through all kinds of things so I just said hey it's true it's real it's in the Bible uh, I've got to go on with God and I'm, I'm so glad I did praise the Lord but my friends uh, it, it's just amazing of what the Holy Spirit can do when he begins to touch your life and he begins to change you I really do believe that even like the religious leaders with their great degrees of education, that while education is very important, if you don't have the Holy Spirit and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, you're going to end up really dry. In other words, if you put the focus on academics, and I'm, I'm, all, I'm all for academics, but if you major on that and you don't major on the, the, the living, breathing anointing of God, the breath of God, then you're going to get real dry. And you'll get real dry real quick too so the Holy Spirit is very very important I would say yes get your you know young people get your high school diploma and if the career field that you've chosen requires you to go on to higher degrees of you know education then go for it you'll know, get your bachelor's and if you need to get your master's and if you want to be a doctor you need to get your doctorate but please along with doing that please, and I'm all for that but please do not forget verse 8. Then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that activates the Word and brings it alive and releases the power of it in you and through you. And without that, it's not going to have thrust. It's not going to have the lift off power. Praise God. So yes, I am pro-education. God raised up War Roberts University. We sent our oldest daughter there, and she graduated from there, even got a Master's there. So uh, God raised up War Roberts University. God raised up Landmark University. God raised up Covenant University. Uh, These are all world-class, world-leading universities. So I'm all for academics praise God. But I'm also all for verse 8, knowing that Peter and John went a different route. They went a different route, and that was the route of the Holy Spirit education, of being around Jesus to the point where even those who were highly accredited and had all the diplomas on the wall and all that cool stuff, they just looked at Peter and John, and they were just, it says they marveled. They marveled at them. Woo! Praise the Lord. You must Follow the path that God has for you. For some of you, it will lead you to college, but for others, don't be surprised if God has a different path. Some, God does lead to a seminary. Watch out. Yeah, I I know sometimes it's often used as a joke. People say, well, he's going off the seminary. He's really going off the cemetery. Well, I've seen a lot of people go into seminary, uh, called by the Lord, and you know, pop out six years later, and they're just like, it's like they had a lobotomy. It's just like, wow, they just like got stripped of any type of fire or passion and they come out yes knowing Hebrew and Greek but they come out so dry and so spiritually dead no wonder David said in the Psalms the dead do not praise the Lord you can you couldn't get them to lift their hands and praise God for anything wow what happened well you have to realize in a lot of these seminaries a lot of the teachers some of them are not even saved some of the professors teaching the classes they don't they don't even believe that Jesus was born from a virgin they don't even believe in miracles they don't even believe that God split the Red Sea. They don't believe stuff like that. They're, they're just trying to hold down a position to get a paycheck. Now not everybody's like that. I know a very uh, godly man who actually has a he has a doctorate in theology from a uh, uh, Let me make sure I get this right from Oxford, uh, you know, which is one of the most brilliant universities in the world. And he's a brilliant man. And so, you know, he's got all the degrees and stuff like that. But he loves God. He loves God. So my friends, that's the thing. You have to walk real close to the Lord, whatever your calling is, and let the Holy Spirit be strong in your life, whatever it is. Because Peter and John, they had the Holy Spirit all over them, they were filled with the Holy Spirit, or else you can get all this intellectual stuff and get a big head and just um, go through life and you it 's just all hidden stuff it 's all hidden knowledge, and then because of that, you can 't get into the spirit, so you 've got all of this hidden stuff and and, and that 's what 's going on in American culture today today in American culture education is deemed the savior oh just go to college we need to make college free for everybody because college is the ultimate answer no it's not no it's not and you if you are a young person you really need to pray about uh, college because if God wants you to go that's good but also realize you're walking into a you know like a, a very hostile environment uh, where they're going to try to strip your faith and even a lot of the Christian universities, uh, uh, just because they're Christian in name doesn't mean there's a lot of Christianity in action or expressed in reality a lot of them are still just party schools and uh, yes there are some spiritual young people there but uh, watch out because just because it's supposedly a Christian university doesn't mean that everybody there really prays or seeks the Lord so those are things that we have to be aware of praise God now let's continue on let's let's drop down now verse 15. Uh, actually, verse 14. and seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could not say anything against it. I mean, after all, he is evidence right. I mean they saw him too. That, that I mean, even the religious leaders knew who this guy was, and they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go outside of the council, they conferred they conferred among themselves, saying, "What shall we do to these men?" For indeed, that a notable miracle has been done through them is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. They wish they could, but they can't. Is that not one of the craziest statements in the Bible? Here are religious men, skilled, skilled in the Word of God, Knew the Word of God. I mean, they were called lawyers, not like a, a lawyer we have today, like an attorney, but lawyers, doctors of the law. They, they, they knew the letter of the Mosaic Law. They, they had it completely memorized. And with all of that hidden knowledge of the Word, here they are overlooking a valid miracle, and their hearts are so hard that even though they know God did a valid miracle witnessed by many, and they even knew who the guy was themselves, they still don't believe don't let that throw you. That used to throw me years back when I was younger in the Lord. And I, I thought, well, surely when they see signs, wonders, and miracles, they'll believe. Well, here we have a biblical example of, of men that saw proof with their own eyeballs and still didn't believe. It still didn't believe. So now it is it is necessary, I believe, to have signs, wonders, and miracles, because that is what we would call the full gospel. And it does bring validity to the truth of God's Word. Praise God. But even with a notable miracle, not everyone is going to accept Christ. Even if the miracle is done before people's eyes, even if it's done on camera, captured on 4K television and played back in slow motion and watched over and over again, there's still people that are not going to accept it. Even if they say, yep, it's a miracle, but you know what, I just I just don't want to believe it. I'm, not, I'm still not going to receive Christ. But Let's still still let God do miracles, and still just, you know, give them the opportunity. Hey, at least you heard the gospel, and at least you saw the validity of it. What you do with it is up to you. Praise the Lord. But many also will receive. You know. This may seem strange, and, and you might think that, well, Pastor Stephen, surely if people really did see a real miracle like that, they really would believe. No, uh, I've I've seen it in my own life, and it's also, uh, you know, th- this stuff happens all over the place. When I was in India ministering the first time, maybe about ten years ago, uh, some of the older pastors told me they said they said Pastor Stephen, when when Doctor T. L. Osborne came to India and held his first crusade, held this crusade there in India. They said the miracles were so astounding, mind-boggling miracles done right in front of countless people. And it was, it was phenomenal. They said the miracles were so incredible that after the meeting was over that night, it was reported to the Prime Minister what had happened in the meeting. And the, and the leading delegates the the leading what's the word I'm trying to get political leaders of the country gathered together that night and said this man T.L. Osborne is so dangerous that if we do not get him out of the country immediately he's going to turn this entire nation into a Christian nation and they deported him that night Woo! well Pastor Stephen surely if they saw the miracles they would say we want Jesus many did but there were others, like the religious leaders, who just said, no, we, we don't want to change this, we like it the way that it is. And so, they, they closed the Gospel to him, but the Gospel still kept coming in. After all, the Apostle Thomas ministered all throughout India, particularly southern India. And uh, so, uh, you know, South India is a hotbed of Christian evangelism. Church is very strong there. A lot of persecution though today, but even throughout uh, India, particularly up north in Sikkim, there's a very strong youth movement. But all over, uh, there's many, many people there that love the Lord. But they didn't want to let Teal Osborne in the miracles. They were just like, "Wow, let's get him out of here," and they did. Now. Uh, it's interesting what can happen even with religious people uh, such as religious leaders seeing a notable miracle but still not wanting anything to do with it and uh, they can they can begin to act in threats and stuff like that verse 17 but so that it spreads no further among the people that us severely threaten them yeah that'll stop it let's threaten them right can't, can't you see all of this is in the flesh these men, now we know they're not saved, the religious leaders are not saved, because salvation is only in Christ alone, and they're rejecting Christ, so they're not saved, so everything they're doing is in the flesh, it's in the natural. But so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them that from now on they speak to no man in this name. Notice they don't mention Jesus. They, they don't even want to say his name. They're so turned off by the name they'll just uh, they won't, they won't say his name personally. And the rabbis today they won't say that name of Jesus either. They they despise that name. But there were threats. And you know, I know what that's like. Even, even here locally, the, there were some years uh, a couple of years back. There was a paper. That a spirit filled Christian had started in the community, and uh, she said to me, "She said, Pastor Stephen, you are good at writing. She said, would you please write a weekly article for my paper?'" I said, "Okay." And the paper began to grow, and it circulated, and going through the whole not just the you know the local towns and stuff, but it starts going through the whole county, and uh, you know the circulation is really increasing. And uh, the lady that was running the paper you know she would allow people to to, you know advertise in the newspaper uh, because you know that that would bring in some revenue and you know maybe uh, you know uh, an automotive dealership a lawn company and all these different businesses they would advertise in the paper that would bring in revenue and uh, uh, various churches would advertise uh, in the paper but you know my article is going in there and you know I'm mainly ministering out to the nations and stuff like that so I'm I'm here locally but I'm just writing this little article my phone is mainly outward but I didn't really know that that th- those articles were like um, people were reading them all over and they were they were studying them and I would write articles about healing how uh, th- there's divine healing and Jesus still heal- heals today and well I didn't know it but one of the largest church churches if not the largest church in the county um, they had uh, uh, the the people that belong to that church they were reading you know that newspaper they were reading my articles weekly and they were going to the pastor asking questions hey uh, uh, he says that Stephen Brooks says that they're still healing today he's giving these various verses uh, well you know is that still going on that Oh, the pastor oh no that stuff doesn't happen anymore and well you know uh, each week here comes a new article and you know here comes more questions back to the pastor and uh, other pastors as well. That don't believe in modern day miracles. Well, eventually, um, uh, you know, this man, this pastor, threatened uh, the the owner of the newspaper, and this is what he said. He said, "I take out the largest ad." every week and i am the one that takes the biggest chunk out of your paper you know like taking like a half a page or whatever it was or something like that so you're getting more money from me than anybody else and he said this is what he told the newspaper owner he said if you don't drop Stephen brooks and drop his article and cut him out he said i'm pulling i'm he said i'm pulling um, my sponsorship and i'm not purchasing any more ads or anything like that i'm he, he said i'm i'm not i'm not uh, buying anything else from you as far as advertisement I said. I so uh, she came and told me that. I said, "Well, what would you tell him?" <laughs> I was kind of like tickled by it. Uh, I said, what "Would you tell him?" She said, "I." She said, "I will not be threatened." She said, "If you if you make these threats to me and you want to you know not advertise my paper, then that that's your choice." But we're going to keep circulating this paper. And you know what? That one that paper went on for several years until she moved out of state, and it blessed many many people. I don't know whatever happened to the pastor, but um, you know. But some people they're not going to change. Uh, And they're not even even Christians. Why they love the Lord? They're saved. Just a lot of them aren't sanctified yet, and they have no interest in uh, what we would call truth, because if truth violates their precious, sacred, religious, traditional doctrines. Uh, they don't want it they want their doctrines they want their denominational doctrine and they will tell the Holy Spirit stay out just leave us the way we are we just want to make heaven we like it the way it is we don't want it changed we don't we don't care if it limits church growth we don't care if it limits the move of God we don't care about any of that you think oh Pastor Stephen there can't be people like that uh, there are churches full of people like that and they're pastored by by men and women that they're going to do it their way and they are not going to let the Holy Spirit have any control. They are going to control it. And if the Holy Spirit would ever try to move, they would just shut it off instantly. So he's not, he's not going to even try. Now th- this is what's funny sometimes. Sometimes church members are in dead churches like that. And they're saying, they're saying, Pastor Steve, we're praying for the pastor. We're praying that God would give us a move. Um, God is not ever going to override the pastor. He is the shepherd of that church, and if that shepherd, that pastor does not want the Spirit of God to move. The Holy Spirit's not going to move. You need to move and go find somewhere else. Woo, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So you're just praying prayers that are not going to get answered. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Sorry if that hit some of you hard, because some of you are probably sitting in some dead churches, and you're thinking one day, one day God's going to move. Not if that pastor doesn't want it. And you can't get inside of his heart and change his heart. That's something between he and the Lord. Now, yes, you could pray for him, but if if this is something that's so locked down, and he's not going to allow it, the denomination's not going to allow it, then you really need to look for greener pastures elsewhere. And by the way, there are green pastors out there. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God glory to the Lord Mm-mm. matter of fact if there are pastors that would be uh, open to the Holy Spirit moving if they allow that and they are in a denomination it's very likely they're going to get they're going to get the boot or they're going to get kicked out or they're, maybe they're going to be in a situation where you know the pastor just so old he doesn't care one time I spoke in a, um, a Catholic church and when I spoke in the Roman Catholic Church at, at, on Pentecost Sunday, you know, you know, praying in the Spirit and all that, and you know, signs, wonders, miracles, praying over sick people and things like that, that afterwards, uh, some of the evangelical missionaries who lived in the area, they came, who had come to the service because they heard I was going to be there, and had been laboring in the area for years, uh, they they were just like they are like Stephen. How, how in the world did you? get allowed to speak in this church they're like we've been here for years we, we could never ever speak uh, the, the in a Catholic Church the doors would never be open to us yet you come in you speak you start praying over sick people and all this how, how did you do that and um, I said well the Lord just did it the Lord opened the door and and plus uh Look, you're never going to receive anything from anybody that you don't respect and that you don't love. And so I have a great love and a great respect for the Catholic Saints. And so when I meet priests and, uh, you know, bishops and things like that, that love flows out. They can see that I, you know, I, I love them and I love the Saints. And so there's a, there's a mutual respect. But nevertheless, I was a little curious about how God had done this. And so I talked to the Catholic priest one time. I said, Hey, by the way, this was after the meeting. I said, "By the way, how was it that you were allowed? You were allowed uh, to open your doors for me, so I can come preach in your church." And um, he said, "Oh, he said, uh, he said, Pastor Stephen." He said, I knew the Holy Spirit wanted you to minister, so he said, Um, he said, I allowed you to come in and minister, and then after the meeting was completely over and done, he said, Then I told my bishop, That's <laughs> too late. And the bishop was like, Why'd you let him do that? And he's like, Well, I knew the Holy Spirit wanted him to do it, and the, you know, the bishop was cool with it, but the thing was, the priest also, he was just like, He's an old guy, so he's just like, I don't care, you know, what are they going to do to me, you know? so." You know it's just like there's a point there is a point you get with the Lord uh, particularly I think you get older if you stay locked in with the Lord you're just like I don't care I'm going to serve the Lord people don't like it it is what it is I'm going to go on and I'm going to walk with God hallelujah and if they throw me out uh, you know you know I, I you know did the best that I could praise God but there is a place like the Apostles here where um, there can be some backlash you know there can be you know you know it's not unusual to get thrown out of the church but really that's kind of what happened to me in that denominational church I just realized this is not going to work I'm changing too much and uh, th- th- this is not mixing so you know this is um, this is the thing you must go on with God you must go on with the Lord and aren't you glad that the apostles did that they didn't back down and cower that day and oh okay we're right we won't do this anymore we're so sorry we got excited you know and then and then the religious leaders probably get a give them a little money that's good you want you to be our pets just behave and do what we tell you to do and you do stuff like that you, you yield to stuff like that you're finished you're totally finished you're good for nothing you might as well just go out and get a job somewhere And just leave the ministry because you're not you're just taking up space wasting time you go out and do something else praise the Lord are you having fun today (laughs) Woo! praise the Lord amen I am I'm having a good time in the Holy Spirit there is a place even where like the Lord Jesus in the book of Hebrews it says he went outside of the camp went outside of the camp well it's not popular out there pastor Stephen well yes but if God's out there I'll go out there with the Lord Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. But so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them that from now on they speak to no man in this name. So they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John, now remember, these are the religious authorities speaking. Speaking and, and usually you want to honor authority as much as you can, right? Uh, biblical authority, particularly, uh, as long as they're doctrinally correct, uh, governmental authority, sure, absolutely, as long as they're not telling you to do something that violates god 's word, okay but th- there's a balance in, there's a balance in that because they have now been told through a legality, don't do this anymore." But Peter and John answered and said to them, "This is a very wise answer. Please remember this when you're evangelizing in so-called places where it's against the law to evangelize, okay? Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than the God you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Pastor Stephen, it's illegal to evangelize in China, well maybe it's maybe according to their you know whatever you know they, it's against the communist rule or whatever we're still going to evangelize why because those people will be lost if we don't get the gospel to them and if they don't hear the gospel you know they need the gospel they need the gospel yet so yes we're going to we're going to continue to get the gospel in uh, you know my book uh, I've got a book in Chinese and Mandarin that's floating around hallelujah And uh, but you know I've got other books going around the world, and many of these books are in countries where if I actually went there, it's probably a one-way trip. But my books are there. Yeah, we're going to get the books in. Absolutely, we're going to get Bibles in. We're going to get books in that will teach them and explain uh, the scriptures to them and help them as much as we can. Praise the Lord. By the way, please understand this: that if you go to Israel, you will hear a lot of um, baloney of people saying, it's wrong to evangelize, it's illegal to evangelize in Israel. That's not true. You can evangelize in Israel. Now there are some guidelines, they, they don't want you to evangelize young children. But as far as adults, and things along that line, absolutely you can share the gospel. Of course you can. And um, you know, you'll, you'll hear a lot of these rabbis say, it's illegal what you're doing, it's illegal to evangelize here no it's not that's just a bunch of hot air and uh, it's just not true it's not legally true and it's not true under the governmental laws yes you can evangelize praise the Lord now in my second series of the pure gold television programs that we just finished recording that are in post-production on every one of those shows, I give an altar call. I wouldn't call it an altar. There's no altar really there, you know, except maybe they make it in their own room. They come to the altar, uh, you know, kneel on the floor, or whatever. But I give I a salvation call, an invitation to receive Christ on every single program. Why? I just decided I'm going fishing on every trip. Every every single time I'm on TV, every single time I record a program, whether it's on the internet or television, I'm going fishing for souls of men and women and children that they may hear the Gospel preach and have an opportunity to respond. And we're finding out that because we are fishing and putting the bait out there, fish are biting and people are receiving Christ as their Lord and Savior. But um. You know if you ever are in Israel and you minister to an Israeli person initially there can be like a knee jerk reaction that's understandable because a lot of the rabbis have have prepped them to respond with like a oh you know oh oh no this Jesus oh no um, but you know if you kind of just love on them and kind of. You know, work with them slowly. Uh, they'll begin to kind of listen because there's some upfront things you have to get past. You know, they uh, they got burned real bad in war, World War II with you know the Germans, uh, Hitler, and all of that. Y- even using scriptures to validate why they were doing what they were doing. You know, su- taking scriptures out of context, like in Romans, submit to authority and all that. All that stuff that they just completely twist it. And so, and then of course, you know, send the Jews to the gas chambers and stuff like that, and the Holocaust, and all those horrible things, all done uh, by Hitler in the name of the Lord, so to speak. We know it was actually in the name of Satan that all of that was done. But, uh, you know, so they're a little bit skittish. Uh, Same thing with, you know, they, they also have a memory of the crusades. You know, with the European Christians coming over, pr- primarily the European Catholics coming over, and uh, you know, killing the Muslims to retake the Holy Lands, and you know, of course, if any Jews got in the way, just kill them also. So you know, oh, it was not good. Uh, so they 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 have all of these um, protective protective barriers that you have to kind of slowly work your way through. But yes, absolutely, you can share the gospel with them, and remember. In Israel, outside of Jerusalem and maybe a few other uh, areas, uh, most most Israeli Jews are very secular. Particularly in Tel Aviv, Uh, they're really not interested in God at all. Uh, They'll they'll keep an outward external you know thing of the feast, maybe some of the big like Yom Kippur or something like that. They'll they'll keep that, but outside of that, they don't care about God. They just want to make money and get a bigger house, uh, get a more expensive car. That's all they're after. Trust me, I've been there. I've talked to them. I've been around them. So um, they're they're sweet people, uh, but. Uh, are they trying to serve God no no you get to Jerusalem you get into uh, Orthodox Judaism and uh, those that are actually trying to follow the law uh, but as the Apostle Paul said the more you delve into the law it actually stirs up more of these carnal sinful natures and uh, the, you'll see a lot of these guys leave the rabbinical school and they'll stop off at the brothel before they go home and um, that's really what the law will do the law will bring out all of these all of these things that you're not supposed to do and it is just that's the whole point the The law is a schoolmaster it's a teacher and in the Greek when Paul said schoolmaster that's not like a nice teacher you know that you would give an apple to no this is a very strict uncompromising disciplinarian that judges you hard and rules over you that's what the law was and it brings out all the yucky stuff that's what it was supposed to do it was supposed to help you to realize this is a standard that's impossible for anybody to keep (laughs) well praise the Lord Hallelujah! So you can have some very interesting conversations of course with Jewish people uh, realizing that Christ died for all praise God. So my friends just keep that in mind uh, because they said for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard thank you Lord Jesus and that is what we want to do also even as we live in a country now that as we all know there is um, there's this wave uh, coming where that is now labeled hate hate speech Christianity preaching the gospel telling people that there's heaven and there's hell uh, that's called a hate speech but you know what? We just need to hold to the Word of God and pray, deliver the message, speaking the truth in love, and, uh, you know, there will be many that will receive Christ. Praise the Lord. But I'm telling you right now, the nations are wide open, absolutely wide open. Praise God. Uh, we're going to take communion in just a moment, but really, I had, a, I had an email today. We have an opportunity to do something special. While the Pure Gold programs are moving forward, I went to... Um, I went to Raleigh me and Kelly drove to Raleigh to meet a minister friend of ours who is an american uh, uh, he's an iranian American believer he actually lives here locally but he records in in Raleigh and he asked me to come up with him to record some programs that would be aired on television in of all places Iran. woo glory to God so i I did that with him. all the programs have now gone through uh, six programs they have gone through Uh, production they are in post production that's all done but there are six of these programs and we need to be able to get uh, a voiceover translator for me he found somebody that can do the voiceover translator for him to get it from uh, English into Farsi and he already speaks Farsi but he'll have somebody do his but I I've got the connections but I just I need the extra funds for the translator to take my voice from my English voice and have a Farsi speaker take it and speak it into Farsi so that when they when all of these Iranians watch the program uh, they'll see the interviews that he and I did and they'll hear him speaking in Farsi they'll hear me speaking in Farsi and uh, that way it'll bless the people and these programs were they were raw I mean we got into heavenly visitations we got into encounters with Jesus that's how he got saved he had a visitation where Jesus came to him when he was a Muslim (laughs) Whoa, glory to God and uh, Christ revealed himself to him as a savior of the world and of course he's a believer today and he's a prophet today but um, so uh, to get the voiceover done in from English to Farsi is three hundred dollars per program, and so I need six people that are watching, just six people that are willing to say, Pastor Stephen, let's take the gospel into Iran. I'm with you. Three, uh, six people, one person that'll give three hundred dollars. I need six of you to respond. If you'll do that, we'll have the eighteen hundred dollars. Uh, we'll get the uh, voiceover person who's got a I, I want somebody with a good voice uh, a good bass voice right? not somebody with a real high tenor Hi today, please turn your Bibles No we don't want a Mickey Mouse voiceover. I need somebody with that big bass voice to come in and uh and uh take it from English into farsi by the way, by the way, for the six of you that will partner with me in this, did you know that out of the entire world today? of over seven billion people, and over 200 nations of the world. The, the nation where the church is growing faster than any other place in the world is, guess where? It's Iran. The church is on fire, and there's no church buildings, there's no public preaching, but yet, here's the truth. Would you like to know the truth going on behind the scenes? Most of the mosques in Iran are empty. The the move of God is so strong that cre- pe- uh, people are becoming Christians every day. So look look, this is like investing when it's hot. Let's let's strike. I mean, wh- why go somewhere where you have to struggle and preach to get just get somebody? I mean, you're trying to preach to other places, and they're sitting there singing, I shall, I shall not be moved. And you're trying to move them to serve God and they won't even listen. Why struggle with that when we can sow in the soil that's red hot? Red hot, praise God. We've already got our Israeli connection and we're on ISN, the Supernatural Network, which is uh, reaching out to the Jewish people. So let's reach and get the Muslims, hallelujah. Let's reach the Iranian people. They, they still like to be called uh, Persians, because they are the descendants of the beautiful ancient Persian Empire. Praise the Lord. But we can take these mes- messages right into the heart of the country. They'll be broadcast by satellite, and people will watch them. There's no telling how many people will get saved. Praise the Lord. Now look, I can't go there. I can't go there in person. If I go there, you and I both know, uh you you probably be waving goodbye to Pastor Stephen. And many of the Christians there, they know that if you receive Christ as your savior, this is not just some kind of like, oh let's let's all re- get saved and let's let's just be happy, no. If you get saved, you put your you the moment you do it, you put your life on the line. Your life could end that day. It could end tomorrow. And they they're all you got to be totally sold out. There is no in-between, because you're, you're either going to do this all the way, and you, may, you might die, and many have already, and many more probably will. But my friends, let's take the gospel into Iran. I just need six people that are willing to send me $300 into the ministry. We'll get the voiceover guy to do it, and they'll sew that in there, boom, and the programs they go, they go to the satellite, and they'll start getting aired. Wow wow hallelujah this is going to be a lot of fun would you like to do that partner with me on that uh, that would be a real blessing if you would like to send a $300 seed I just need six people pastor Steven what if more people respond if more people respond which I would be thrilled to see happen then I would take that extra proceeds and I would save it and I would use it trusting God to open the door for further work In Iran the number one place in the world where more people are coming to Christ daily than any other place in the world you look look when you go fishing where do you want to go you want to go where the fish are biting you want to go where the fish are biting they are biting in Iran in an unbelievable way and it's just glory miracles signs wonders and uh, uh, there are brothers and sisters now so many of them are so let's, let's do this together while the door is open. Praise God. Now, if you would like to sow into this, please, uh, a $300 offering, and you send your offering in, make a notation, Iranian TV or just write something on there, write Persia, <laughs> write Persian TV, Iran television, I'll, I'll know what it's for, okay? If you want to mail it in, please send it to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina, our Zip Code 28654, if you want to go online, and bring it in online. So a $300 seat, I know for some of you that's a lot, I know it's sacrificial. My, my, my friends, you're going to meet people in Heaven That made heaven because of your giving that is the raw flat out truth you're going to meet people when you go to heaven that they are there in heaven they were once lost but now they heard the gospel got saved because you helped me preach the gospel you're going to be you're going to share in these rewards we're sharing together praise the Lord so if you want to go online you can do so just go online to stephenbrooks.org they're on the homepage just go to the homepage click that link it says tithes and sow and reap but just make a notation Iran TV I know exactly what it's for it will be separated designated and put into that uh, special fund just for that this is very exciting mm. may that same anointing touch you of just being sold out God will never fail you. God will never let you down. If God needs you, He'll hide you. I want to teach a message soon about how God can hide His people. Throughout the Bible and throughout church history, God has hidden His people while waves of persecution pass over. And yet, while the fierce anger of sinners is released, God hides His people, preserves them, sustains them, protects them. Ooh, glory to God. Mm-mm-mm. Thank you Lord Jesus the church is coming into the finest hour get ready to experience miracles on an unprecedented level thank you for your giving Heavenly Father bless your people bless your people we go through this door together thank you Father God and may may this fiery faith of the Iranian people touch your precious people that are sowing from different parts of the world thank you Father God thank you Father God thank you Father God for an on fire evangelistic anointing touching us touching us touching us in the name of Jesus. We agree together and say, Amen. Praise the Lord. May, may the boldness of the Holy Spirit be upon you. May, may the ability to speak publicly before others, may that anointing come upon you as it did for Peter. It was never there before, but it's on him now as we see. May it come upon you, the ability to stand before others and even testify and also function in your career field with a tremendous anointing a composure, a strength, whenever and wherever it may be needed. Praise God, whether on an airplane or on a ship or anywhere. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God's glory resting mightily, mightily, mightily upon your life. Praise God. And I just fill in the anointing for miracles, and I just release miracle anointing upon your life. I, I just had a couple of uh, heavyweight apostles lay hands on me and release working a miracle anointing into my life. And I just feel it all over me. Praise God. If you need a miracle, lift your hands. I release anointing for miracles. Receive into your life what you need right now. You need a job. Take it right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. (laughs) You need some money. Receive it in the name of the Lord Jesus right now. Miracle money released into your life. You need a healing, a miracle healing. Take it right now in the name of Jesus. Get up. Begin to walk around.